0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service an invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from Guest Preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Your intentions and your resolutions are so beautiful. Um... I mean, I hope it's okay—you put them into the chat, so I I assume it's okay to share some of these. They're beautiful. To be kinder to myself, to grow in different types of endurance and strength, Um, an intentional word to believe um, in general, and reestablishing healthy habits, Uh, to be open and present to whatever comes this year. to not be afraid and to connect with others and to serve others. Learning to be more honest with others and with, uh, with myself about what it is I'd like to do in the world and to find healthier ways navigating anxiety, especially with people that we're in tension with. Um, creating healthy boundaries and setting healthy boundaries. Those are all such beautiful and sacred intentions and resolutions for the upcoming year. And I'm so grateful for your vulnerability and sharing them with us. You know, a lot of times for me, like, just naming a resolution or an intention out loud means that uh, everybody knows. And I immediately start feeling like, oh, shoot, now I actually have to do it, um, which creates its own weird dynamic in my head. But I wanted to share one of the, so um, the reason I have complicated relationship with resolutions is because I, I never do them. Um, I always intend to do the things that I resolve, but they un- always end up falling away after, like, two or three weeks. By the time February gets, a lot of times I've forgotten what my resolution was in the beginning of the year anyway. There was one time that was, like, so hilarious and stark. Um, when. I was, I was in college, um, and I was home for the holidays, but I had to be back um, to to campus, I was working on campus at Pfeiffer University, and um, I made a resolution that I wasn't going to eat any more fast food. Um, part of that was because I was in an athletics program, and it just made me feel gross to go to practice with a bunch of, like, grease in my stomach, but anyway, I made this resolution to not eat any more uh, fast food. but. <laughs> On the 2nd of January, when I was driving back to campus from home, I realized that the only way for me to make it to campus quickly was to go through a drive-through. So, on the 2nd day of January, I drove myself through a Wendy's drive-through and failed on my New Year's resolution. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that it's over, but for me what that meant was You know, I ate that greasy food, I made it to campus, did my thing. And then when the next opportunity to have fast food came up, I was like, well, I already broke my resolution. So, you know, what's the point starting over again now, right? Like the 1st of January is just some arbitrary day that everything uh, has to happen. And, uh, you know, everything just sort of snowballed from there. And it really just wasn't very healthy. And so for me, resolutions are often just sort of cloud in and all this sense of like guilt and shame because you know, I just was never really good at doing them because they, they always demand immediate change, at least when I've done it. A resolution when I've made it has been about immediate change and if you fail to make an immediate change that's lasting for the rest of your life then you failed in it. And that sort of shame spiral just gets out of control so easily which is why I really love uh, the idea of talking about an intention rather than a resolution, right? An intention feels softer and more graceful. Um, and really, I started thinking about this a lot when I got two text messages right after one another. One was about someone trying to decide what their uh, their their word was going to be for the year. Um, and another was that someone's Declaring what their word was going to be for the year, and the person who's declaring it said that they had chosen the word cherish, um, and that that word uh, cherish was going to be an essential part of their, of their year to look for little things to cherish in life and to acknowledge the things that brought them joy, and that just was really beautiful to me. And so I started thinking more and more about what my intention might be, and the one that really jumped to my mind was grace. Um, so I was. It was sort of happenstance grace itself that uh, daniel and the praise team saying your grace finds me today um but that idea of of god's grace but then also living in the world with grace is really something that i need more of Uh, i tend the longer we've been in this pandemic and the more i see people behaving in the world in a way that i wouldn't feel safe doing i'm my level of judgment it seems to be escalating more and more just in a really confessional way and so this year i'm uh, aiming to lean more into grace both for myself for my friends for my family for um the people in my life that uh, i haven't been extending grace to on a regular basis and so you can hold me to that um and I, and I hope that you will you can certainly hold me accountable to that but that's sort of the difference to me, right? Resolutions demand immediate change and intentions are about inviting a sort of lasting change and a reorientation of the way that we view the world. And that's just the way I think about it. If you've resolved to do something and you see that as a long-term sort of slow walk towards something, that's beautiful. Um, that's just not the way that, that um, I have experienced um, resolutions in my life. So I needed a different word. But intention, I think, is really important when we look back in scripture as well, especially when you read, if you were to read from Genesis all the way through um, the book of Revelation, you would see that uh, the Bible, in a lot of ways, is really inconsistent. It's inconsistent in a lot of ways and a lot of times, even sometimes within the same book. And a lot of times that is because... Um, there's multiple authors who are working in it. There are multiple people trying to understand what it means to be faithful and to be good and to be beloved and to to be right in God's in God's mind and in God's eyes. But that's such a like that's such a difficult thing for all of us uh, to navigate. And so the Bible is just full of that kind of walk, trying to discern what God's calling us to, but also trying to be earnest and honest with the experiences that we're having. The Bible is, is just that. It's a collection of um, sort of first-person and third-person narrative about the ways that God has been present in people's lives from the beginning of written history through until now. It's a collection of books, a collection of letters, a collection of poetry and music, all trying to take God seriously and our lived experiences seriously. And the one thing that really is consistent from the very beginning to the very end is that God shows up in the most human of our experiences to either inspire, to comfort, or to challenge us as a human people. God shows up in human experiences on a regular basis, and the stories that are told about God throughout scripture are always about God showing up in the darkest moments to bring light and consistently that is always good news for the people who have been covered by the shadow of oppressive power and it is always bad news for the people who are wielding that power oppressively or using their power for their own advantage rather than for the community that they're meant to serve and so that brings us all the way to the reading today right to uh, ephesians when paul is writing to a group of people Experiencing persecution, Paul himself is in prison, and he's writing this letter about the great mystery unfolding in front of them now. And the great mystery that Paul is referring to is that God wants all of creation to thrive, not just one people group within creation to thrive. Which is really a consistent narrative in Scripture. That God is always drawing the circle wider to include the people who are on the margins and draw them into the center of power, and the people who are at the center of power, being uh, uh, pushed to a more level place with the rest of the community that they're a part of. That that's the great mystery, but that's been consistent. The only difference is that it's being uncovered in a new way. For Paul, it's being uncovered because Jesus Christ came into his life and transformed. initially thought that it was and his whole life was changed his intention changed his intention had had always been about helping people to be more faithful to god but the only difference now is that he sees all of the world as this new parish for him he sees all of the world in in need of god's comfort god's grace and god's blessing it's not just about a certain people with a certain religious background and heritage. It's about all people being welcome to the table of God. It's about a light emerging in the world for everyone to be able to thrive. And so Paul sets his intention not just on being righteous and, and forcing people into his version of righteousness. His intention is about opening his eyes wider and making sure that there is always enough space at any table that he sets. That's the great mystery, and that's the great intention that Paul says, drawing the circle wider. Not just about me, it's about all of us thriving alongside one another in this thing that we call the kingdom of God. The moral arc of the universe is bent towards justice, but not just for one person, not just for one group, but for all of creation to thrive. There is always enough. There is always enough grace. There is always enough love. There is always enough space. There is always enough light. There is always enough. God's gift to the world, made known to us through Jesus Christ, and the inspiration of the Spirit, is that you are beloved by God because you are an aspect of God's perfect creation. We all need to grow. We certainly are not totally perfect ourselves, but we are on the way. You are beloved and you are called to something even greater than yourself. The way I want to wrap my sermon up today is actually by me not talking, um, which I think is, uh, I'm sure, probably welcome for some of y'all. But the readings for this week are really beautiful in the lectionary, which is a sort of, the lectionary is a uh, uh, organizing the way that we read scripture. Um, It's a way to read through basically all of the Bible in a three-year cycle. And this week, um, we would have read... Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, Isaiah chapter 60, and also uh, the gospel lesson about the, the wise man coming uh, to, to witness the birth of Christ, um, which you all are all familiar with. Even if this is the first time that you've ever attended in church, uh, you're probably familiar with the idea of the wise men coming to visit um, the, the Holy Family and the nativity scene. But Isaiah chapter 60, I want to read just these verses, and then I want to in, uh, invite a, uh, a sort of meditation on Isaiah 60 from a, an organization called The Work of the People, um, which we'll be using more and more in our small groups. They do a really wonderful job of putting together these kinds of videos. But anyway, I hope that you receive it as a blessing, and it will, it'll be the end of my sermon as well, and then uh, we'll, we'll sing together. But here's Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Though darkness covers the earth and gloom the nations, the Lord will shine upon you. God's glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your dawning radiance. Lift up your eyes and look all around. They are gathered. They have come to you. Your sons will come from far away, your daughters on caregivers' hips. Then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will tremble and open wide because the sea's abundance will be turned over to you. The nation's wealth will come to you. What's important to know about that you there is it's a collective you. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about us. God's promise through the words of the prophet Isaiah is that though darkness covers the earth now, light is emerging in the world for all of us to be able to thrive in God's blessed abundance. Uh, I invite you to hear this beautiful reflection. Look up, love.
1: Take your eyes off the ground. Show your face. A new day is here. The light is rising over you shining brightly, moving shadows, touching your face. You are brilliant with it. Darkness may come and go, but the glory of our creator is a constant companion, a steady light. Many will see you struggle to live, your choice to stand up and walk in the light and be changed. Have the courage to truly see not only the problems, but the one who remains with you holding the light. We are all coming together, family, neighbor, and exiles, taking our seats at the table. We are learning, we are healing. So, take the gift of this day you are given. Let the light enlighten you, emanate from within you, become you, be you. Power is shifting, and it won't look like what we think when love reigns. Cities riddled with the wreckage of war and marked by the scars of empire will exchange the sounds of violence and ruin for the clamor of co-creation and communion. Through the power of God, the oppressed and those stripped of their land are allowed to share in power. We all will weigh in. Life will grow from the most unexpected places. The smallest and least will be welcomed into the center, and their perspective will matter. Not only will violence cease, we won't want to hurt one another, but cooperate for the goodness of all. The whole nature of creation will change. The sun and moon will not be the light we revolve around. We will turn and grow by the light of God that shows us the illumined way to go. We will be ruled by the power of love. We will be remade and refastened to God and one another. We will learn what harmony means. Look up love. Take your eyes off the ground. Show your face. A new day is here. The light is rising over you, shining brightly, moving shadows, touching your face. You are brilliant with it. Everything wrong side up is being upended. The table is extending. Rounding. You have a place that is only yours, and everyone, everyone, everyone at this table will have more than enough. So stand up, open up, take it all in, and shine.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.